Thank you, John. Enjoy job spots. Thank you for joining us today on the programme. Now, Liam Ford has been on to us. He's in hospital, so we wish him all the best. He's in hospital following an operation, I'm told. Uh, but he was on to uh, Oliver earlier on. So the death has occurred to Tim Quinn, a native of Limerick, who lived for years in Barna after marrying a local girl and was a member of the famous 35th Irish Battalion in the Congo. The 35th Infantry Battalion was the 5th Irish contingent to serve overseas and were deployed to the Congo in June 1961 and served there until December of 1961 as well. So uh, may he rest in peace. That's Tim Quinn, uh, a native of Limerick who lived in Barnaf. So Lee wants us to do that. And he rang us from his hospital bed and uh, asked us to uh, bring that uh, to your attention. Dave McCarthy joins me from McCarthy and Associates out there today. Uh, Dave, morning to you. How are you today? I'm very well, despite the wet weather. It's inclement out there. I, lo- I love the emblem. You have a lovely emblem on your jacket that you have today. You're very colourful, I must say. Well, as I said to you earlier on, just for our listeners, I turned on the weather forecast this morning and I said, oh, it's going to be 22 degrees. And then I realised I was looking at Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a okay. senior senior moment for that. Yeah. So it was. Listen, commercial property vacancies in Galway is the second worst in Ireland at 18.5%. Um, but is there anything being done about this? Or is it, is it a real tug between commercial property and residential now? Look, um, this is quite, um, I suppose, shocking. And it's, it's very bad news for Galway, and particularly Galway What's City. What does it mean in simple terms? Oh, it means in t- simple terms that 18.5% of the uh, properties around the city and the county towns that are deemed commercial are sitting idle. They're vacant, Right. Um, and I think it's particularly chronic. In Galway City? In Galway City, yeah. yeah, right? Like, you walk around the city, um, and this has not been something that has just arisen in the last month or two. It's been going on for the last couple of years in particular. There's a lot of properties vacant. There are more properties vacant. There are more properties um, which are businesses closing. I passed another one yesterday down on North Abigail Street. And it is worrying. There are a whole host of reasons for this, and I mean, nobody's doing anything about it. And why am I saying that? There are issues in Galway City that are not would being addressed. No, would you say nobody's doing anything about it? The Galway Chamber of Commerce have been very active in this regard. Well, look, I mean, there are issues in the city, okay? I could sit here and talk about them for two hours that are not being addressed. Mm. And there are certain bodies, like the City Council, like the Chamber of Commerce, who I don't see standing above the parapet to address this. And unfortunately, if you talk to a lot of shoppers, um, and I'm talking about local people, they some of them have an attitude about shopping in the city. Why is that? They don't feel it's a comfortable place to 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 shop in for a whole host of reasons. They also are giving out, obviously, about the traffic and about parking, and also the choice of shops, because the choice of shops has dropped dramatically um, in retail. Like, think about it, Keith. We've become a city of coffee shops. Every time somebody closes down, a coffee shop opens yeah, I up. Yeah, do, I don't disagree with you on that, but you have to think of the, the traders. I mean, you spoke earlier on about Hanley's. I spoke about Gerrishie's, Anthony Ryan's. You have to, th- these are people that are trying to, to make a living out of uh, Galway City. I, I don't disagree with you, but we have to also make sure that those people can stay alive. Well, th- absolutely. You have to protect what's there. And, and there are issues there relating to rates, the state of the streets and shop fronts, all of those things. There's a whole myriad of issues. It's not just a simple thing saying, oh, well, the commercial viability of Galway and its retail has diminished in terms of attractiveness. No, there are reasons for it. And we have our own reasons in Galway, not just reflective of a national trend here. And the fact that we are the second highest in the country is worrying. And I hope somebody... 
in officialdom well, will, uh, will take up an initiative to do something about it. Well, I mean, the Derelict um, Buildings Act is there. It's, it's, it's in place. But I mean, if you take the like of Tafts, which is in the centre of the city, now I read in the City Tribune, I think last week it's been developed, or the week before last, it is going to be developed. Um, but like that's been left derelict for nigh on 12, but, 15 years. Yeah, well, I mean, in another country that would never have been allowed to happen. No, and the likes of Mary Bennett retired and all of that and her, her um, um, treasure chest was bought. Now that's up for rent and there's no... There's no well, the only looking. thing you need to to consider in all of this, and we'll move on to something else because we could talk about, I could talk about it for the morning, is, is there a mad rush of people looking to come to Galway and set up in retail? And the answer is very simple, absolutely not. Because if you look at the number of vacant how buildings... You, how can you qualify that and say absolutely not? Because the, the length of time in a lot of these buildings are vacant. Um, I mean, there's been buildings in Edward Square that have still not been occupied, occupied and some of them that have been occupied were there for okay. two or three years. I suppose I'm being defensive because I love Galway City and I love the traders that are in it. And I'm a townie and I'm from the town and I, I, I just love the town. And I, I want to see it thrive, but we also have to support those that are there currently. Yeah, well, look, we're both singing the same so hymn tune. I'm trying to be not negative. No, no, I'm not trying to be negative, but you have to call out problems where they're there and they need to be addressed. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And I'm, I mean, I feel exactly as passionate as you do about Galway. And I actually find it very upsetting to see, you know, the trend that's been in the city centre leading to statistics like this. All right. It's a conversation that has to be had in a wider forum. Absolutely. The local elections are coming up. You wouldn't like to go in the uh, mm-hmm. in the air street. No, section, no. There's certain know? people running from this station, and he's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope he gets in. Listen, uh, somebody else has been on to. I've been looking at making an investment recently, and noticed that there are a number of investment companies that I've never heard of. I'm wondering what is the situation with these companies, and where do I stand with them? Um, a lot of those companies, I think I might know some of the ones that you're talking about, are regulated by the central bank. There's no names mentioned here. But if you are concerned as to whether or not they come in under this supervision of the central bank, there is a register that you can look up on the central bank's website. Mm. And if you're still in doubt, you can always give them a ring. But you shouldn't be dealing with any company that's not regulated by the central bank. Uh, somebody else was on to us. I was very badly burned with Aircom uh, shares in 1999. It's made me very fearful of investing in the stock market. Am I right to do so? Yeah, I think there's a number of people suffering from post-traumatic stress from that experience. I mean, we're not going to reopen it again, but very simply, the problem with the, the aircon flotation in 1999, it was billed as a, you know, a catch-all for everybody to pile into. And most people had no experience and knew nothing about the stock market. And they weren't educated towards it. And they had a bad experience. What I'm basically saying here too is, is that if you, ha- if you are one of those people, it doesn't mean that the stock market in itself is a bad place. It was a bad place for you, but it wouldn't necessarily be a bad place for the next person or maybe your son or daughter. And it's all about education. Okay. Educate yourself. Uh, I see a lot of publicity uh, about the possible uh, benefits of switching mortgages. Uh, what would Dave McCarthy's opinion be? Look, um, the only thing I will just say to you, a lot of the commentary I see about switching mortgages, and I'm not saying whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, or I'm not saying whether it's attractive for your circumstances or not, but a lot of the people who create a lot of noise and publicity about switching mortgages are in the business, and they're passing commentary about um, the benefits of switching mortgages, and there's nothing wrong with that. But always be aware of any you know, great headlines you see by switching your mortgage, you say, save X, 
you, I'm being a bit cynical here, you have to look behind the headline and say who's saying that. And very often you might find, and not always, but you might find it's somebody who's in the mortgage business acting as a broker, whether it's online or not. And, you know, it's to their benefit to see people switch mortgages. But I predicate what I've just said and say it's something that everybody needs to investigate for themselves. That's what I'm basically saying. Don't just take the headline that you see in a newspaper here in the radio and say, oh, if I switch mortgage, I'm going to save 2000 a year. S- investigate it for your own circumstances. All right. Uh, two final um, just comments in. Uh, Keith, uh, David McCarthy is bang on about the situation uh, on the high street. The commercial rates are exorbitant. Traffic and parking issues are also contributing to the decline as well as excessive rents. And uh, Keith, Dave McCarthy is so right. The cost of parking is crazy. Where does a person go to go to the toilet? We no longer have shops and that other cities have. Uh, we've reduced parking, providing services. Well, there, there, there's a lot of comments coming in um, complimenting you today, Dave. So I hope go. somebody else out there starts listening. And there's people in officialdom. Sorry to just finish on that note. All right, Dave McCarthy, McCarthy and Associates can be contacted. They're based in Mulkey, as you know, and they're on 0915660022 if you want to get in contact with them. That's 0915660022 for further details. Dave McCarthy and Associates, thank you, Dave, for joining us today. Now, Goldway Senior Hurlers, uh, team, uh, they're teaming up indeed with Hands in Hand in Hand for Family uh, Fun Day. It's a fundraising event, so it is uh, from there. And I do believe... I do believe that I should have uh, gone gone the way just there. Let me just see if I can do it again. Uh, I do believe indeed that I should have Henry Shefflin joining me on the line because uh, the Gondwell Senior Hurlers, as we said, they are uh, teaming up and they're trying to raise as much money as possible uh, for Hand in Hand, uh, the charity that's there as well. And Henry Shefflin joins you on the line. Henry, morning to you. Morning, Keith. I'm good. How are you today? You're all set for Mar- Saturday, March the 2nd, so you are. Yes, hopefully so, Keith. Yeah, we're looking forward to the events and a uh, family fun day out and uh, a great opportunity for some uh, young boys and girls to come in and meet some of the, the Galway senior herders. And will you be there yourself on the day to keep an eye on things, just to keep them all in tow now? Well, uh, well, whatever about keeping the boys and girls in tow, Keith, I'll be trying hard to keep my, my uh, panel of players in tow. So, yeah, <laughs> no, we definitely will be there, Keith, to be there. So, uh, we're obviously in uh, preparation for the rest of the league, so uh, we'd be training on that morning and uh, we'd be delighted then to see as many boys and girls in and obviously supporting a wonderful charity in hand in hand. So, and no, we, for us, I suppose we're we're working hard and the players are working extremely hard, Keith. Um, so it's a great opportunity to have some fun and train hard as well. So you'll be training in the morning time and then the event in um, Pier Stadium, as you said, it's it's going to be taking place between 12 o'clock and 2 o'clock. So it's a, it's a fairly tight window that's there, but they can meet and greet uh, with the squad and the management teams. Plenty of opportunities for selfies, photographs and autographs and all that goes with it. And all the money indeed uh, raised will go to Hand in Hand Charity. It's a cancer charity based in Lockray County, Galway. I remember the day it started, Henry, and uh, they've done tremendous work with families who find themselves with young children having um, cancer and supporting the families. Yeah, and that, that's it, Keith. And I obviously, 2006, as you said, when it was started up, um, I suppose for us, we, we, we take sport very seriously, but it's about enjoyment. And we obviously love the game of hurling for us involved in that. But any sport, I think it's about enjoyment and having great fun. I suppose, firstly, when, when circumstances like this, when a children or a child's cancer comes into a household, it obviously causes major upheaval for any family and uh, I suppose I, I got a sense for myself, my own young boy spent a few weeks in Crumlin with a with a, 
with a lawnmower accident a good few years ago and we spent some time in the Ronald McDonald house and we were trying to juggle our own family at that stage and myself and Deirdre up and down to Dublin and stuff. So I had a, a small touch of it, nothing yeah. to do with, with, with the charity that Hand and Heart is dealing with. So, um, But they do amazing work and it's that emotional and practical support that they offer. And uh, as you said, it was started by by a family in Lockray in 2006 and it's now countrywide. So uh, last year, unfortunately, there was 200 children diagnosed with cancer and Hand and in hand, we're able to help out uh, 75 of those families and they have a waiting list. So they're doing amazing work in the background without much noise, yeah, without well, much right. fanfare. Yeah. yeah, so they're, they're, um, so look, I said this this event, and I must compliment the, the leadership team of the, the Hurlers, to be fair. They, they were the one, this is their initiative. They wanted to very much get out into the community because we are conscious that we are there supporting and playing for Galway. Uh, we're very much a community-based team. Uh, this this panel of players are all from the community of Galway and uh, it's great for them to support this hand-in-hand hand. and uh, Caroline O'Connor and that crew in Hand and Heart are doing amazing work behind the scenes. So, so I said it's great to to have them involved and all all um, funds raised in the day will go to support those families throughout Ireland. Absolutely. I, I remember the day they started and they came into me and they were nervous and they came in for an interview and they were talking about it. And uh, But then I, I spoke to a lot of families that um, were were facilitated by them and simple things like going in and cleaning the house or making sure that the children were okay or doing the laundry for them or taking out the bins or otherwise when they're stuck in Crumlin. And like, and I'm sorry that you and your wife had to go through that, but like once a child, oh, is no, sick, no, no. Once a child no, like we, that is we, sick in the, in the house, it really, the dynamic of the house changes. So that's where hand in hand come in. Yeah, and, and you can imagine then emotionally the, the turmoil that's going through with the diagnosis of the children's, yeah. uh, the child's cancer. But then, as you said, the first and foremost thing for us all is to make sure our family are mind and taken care and the family life goes on as best as possible, as normal as possible. And I suppose that's what the charity does do. So, um, and look, I think it's just, it, it's that support, isn't it? It's that kind of togetherness and support and, and being there for one another in times of need. I think that's what the brilliance of this charity is. So, so it's great for them well, to be involved with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And even even in conversation with you, um, when we use the word child or children and cancer, in my lifetime, I'd, I'd love if those two were never connected, but that's not real life. You know, it, it, this happens and families need to be assisted and that's what hand in hand do. So between 12 and 2 um, in Pierce Stadium, uh, do you know, is it, is it going to be a charge in, do you know, Henry, or, or just donations? No, it, it, it's donations. So it's handinhandcharity.ie. So all the details are on the Galway GA socials as well, uh, Keith, and uh, it's just people will donate. And to be honest, it's just a community event and, and a fun event. And as I said, we very much appreciate the support we get from the Galway uh, public uh, when we go out to represent them. So, and it's just nice for ourselves to do something. I'd say for the boys and girls to bring their hurls along, they'll get a few pucks. We might even get the goalkeepers in the goal and get them to take a few shots on the key to work them out. So, um, yeah, and yeah. we'll just have some fun. And, and obviously, Pat and Nuna and McDonough are obviously on board as sponsors as well. And there'll be face painting and different bits and pieces going on as well on the day. So it's uh, hopefully a good family day out. All we need, Kate, you know what that is now is that the sunshine or dryness even we would take dryness, that for Saturday. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll lend you my child a prague so I will, that has never worked for me. So maybe because it's yourself, the child of Prague might just do it for you all together, <laughs> just, just, just to stop the rain. Oh. And the the, um, the lads outside the window here, they, they love asking me questions because they know I don't know much about sport, but they want to know, will you ask Henry, how are you fixed or looking for the Dublin game? 
That's a mailman asking me to ask you now. So that's a, that's a cute move. Oh, so it is. That's good move. Good move. Um, no, Keith. No, I, I must say, lads are working extremely ha- hard, and they're applying themselves very well. Now, I'd say they're giving absolutely everything, and they're expecting nothing back in return. So, any more than that, we can't ask for. I suppose it's year three for myself. I think um, you know the relationship and the connection between ourselves as a group is, is very strong. Um, so I think things are going well. Obviously, we were a little bit disappointed with our performance uh, against Tipperary uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, But since then, the lads have applied themselves extremely well in training. And that's the thing, I suppose. No one sees uh, the wet, dreary nights no, in that George no. and the way the lads are going about themselves. And you just hope then the lads bring that to performance. So, so I must say, I, I, I'm very happy the way things are going. We've had a few changes in our backroom team and we've marvellous people in their management team they're working extremely hard and uh things are, are, are going well and i said we're, we're hoping that that will continue we are conscious obviously we're, we're playing dublin and uh they had a, a difficult day out the last day so we know that's the most dangerous time to to get a team they'll be yeah. really good and coming to pierce stadium but no look i, I think in injury wise we're not too bad and um we yeah. put outing last weekend as well so Good. That's how Keith yeah, we're positive yeah. enough. But I mean, the tip situation happened. Dublin played well against uh, Tips the other day, but the tip situation that happened, that's the beauty of the sport, though, isn't it? And then you pick yourself up and you move on. I don't think you've any other choice, Keith, to be fair. So no. it's uh, every day is a learning day, and it is the league at, at this stage. But uh, look, we, 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 and as well as that, we're, we're at home. We, we don't have that many matches in Pierce Stadium this year. That's why it's great for us to be in there this Saturday and obviously leading on to the following weekend. So uh, mm. And when you're at home, you're representing your your home place. So I think it's very important that you you give it absolutely everything. But I, I've no doubt that's what the lads are, are going about. So good. And good. to be honest, it, it's it has to be enjoyable as well. They have to look forward to it and they have to be excited about it. And uh, I think that is there. I think that's there within the squad. And I think we're we're building nicely. And obviously, we're looking ahead to championship. But it's a great opportunity to build build uh, as we go and. Uh, that's where we get from everyone involved in Good the squad stuff. at the moment. Good stuff. I love your style. I love your, your calmness. Uh, well done to you, Henry. And again, for the, this event on this coming uh, Saturday, 2nd of March, can't believe 2nd of March is only around the corner. Um, I know, all the yeah. senior hurlers will host if, I was going to say that's next month, but it's Saturday. Uh, again, from yeah. 12 to 2 and make a donation when you get there. Everything goes to hand in hand. Henry Shefflin, thank you. You know you have a busy morning. Thank you so much for taking our call today. Quick commercial break and we're back uh, just after these and we're looking at Sir Rice's next. Now, let me welcome Professor Trevor Markham, who's a consultant dermatologist here in Galway, and we're very lucky to have him and his colleague, indeed, Mary Garvey, in Galway indeed. Uh, but people with psoriasis are being urged to take part in a new research study to better understand links with arthritis. And they're looking, the uh, team at UCD are looking for 2,000 people across Ireland to better understand the links between psoriasis and a type of arthritis as well. Professor Markham, good morning to you. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Good morning, Keith. Thanks very much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you today. No, it's because I suffer badly from psoriasis and I've ignored it for many years. I'm very interested in this and I'll be one of the first to uh, sign up for it. I promise you that much because there is a connection between psoriasis and arthritis and psoriatic arthritis. Yeah, so as you said, Keith, psoriasis um, itself is mainly a skin condition um, and people will be aware that it causes these red scaly patches on your skin when you're making a new skin um, in days rather than weeks. Um, however, about a third of patients um, can develop a form of inflammatory arthritis associated with psoriasis, um, so-called psoriasis-related arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. 
And one of the issues is that we're not sure exactly how many of patients with psoriasis um, will develop um, this psoriatic arthritis. So it's a, quite a disabling form of arthritis. It mainly affects the joints of the hands and the feet, causing pain, swelling, stiffness and joint damage. And this is a, a research study that's been carried out in conjunction between University College Dublin and the University of Oxford across Europe. Um, they were hoping to get 25,000 patients across Europe to take part in the study. Um, and the aim for Ireland is to try and get 2,000 patients. Um, so the difficulty at present is we see patients with psoriasis, but we're not sure how many of those or which particular ones will go on and develop psoriatic arthritis because there's no actual test to uh, one single test to, to diagnose it. Um, we have a lot of new, newer treatments for both psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis over the last number of years. And it's really important that the arthritis is diagnosed early to prevent yeah. um, damage and, and, and disability. Um, so what the study uh, uh, coordinators are asking for is anybody over the age of 18 who has been diagnosed with psoriasis, um, except those who are already diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, to take part in this study. And essentially it's logging on to a website, www.hpos.study where you'll be asked to complete an online questionnaire and you'll be asked to do this every six months over a three-year period. And the questions will, will basically cover details of your psoriasis history, any other medical conditions you have, any symptoms of joint disease you, that you might have, mm. treatments that you are receiving and, and details of the lifestyle. And I suppose it's trying to identify first and foremost how many of these patients may well have undiagnosed psoriatic arthritis and then see over the next three years how many of those do go on to develop the arthritis. Um, so it'll be a benefit, obviously, to the participants in the study, but also the hope is that we'll be able to develop some form of diagnostic test that would benefit future patients. And is there no test like that, a blood test and or otherwise, that's there currently to diagnose whether they have the arthritis or not? There isn't a single test. Um, it's a... I suppose one of the features is that they have the skin disease. They have symptoms of joints of pain, swelling, mm -hmm. stiffness, and joint damage. And there are blood tests that suggest that there's generalized inflammation. So if you have inflammation in your skin or your yeah. joints, there are inflammatory markers that go up. Um, but it's it's still a, a clinical diagnosis. Um, and as you can imagine, wear and tear or osteoarthritis is quite common in general population. And sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between yeah. a patient who has psoriasis and osteoarthritis or whether they have this more aggressive inflammatory arthritis. So then the target market uh, to go to www.hpos.study uh, would be people that have not been diagnosed and that will be living in Ireland that can log on to that. And hopefully the, the team from UCD want to recruit uh, 2,000 people. So that's why we're getting the message out there today. Exactly. So we're, we're appealing to patients who have psoriasis, who are over 18, who don't have a diagnosis of arthritis to take part in the study by logging on at that website. Um, and as I said, they'd be asked to do a questionnaire every six months over a three-year period um, uh, going forward. Absolutely. So again, that uh, website, www.hpos.study, because anytime we talk about psoriasis with it, be it with you or one of your other colleagues at a national level or otherwise, we always get a, a flood of calls from people because they're, I don't know it's the weather or what is it, but there's a, there's a large percentage of the population that do suffer from psoriasis. There is about 3% of the population um, is estimated to have psoriasis. Um, the Irish Skin Foundation survey suggests that at least 73,000 people um, in Ireland have uh, psoriasis. 
Um, there's it's in, whether the incidence or not is increasing. It's hard to say. It's strongly linked with obesity um, and other things that can cause it to flare infections and injury to the skin and so forth. Smoking, stress, and heavy drinking. So there's a large population out there with psoriasis. Um, what has changed in the last 10 or 15 years is the number of treatments that we have, particularly for people with severe disease. Um, have become available and they are you know, life-altering for patients who have severe disease. Um, as you'd be aware, the, the demand for services both in dermatology and rheumatology is huge and, and I suppose that's the difficulty at the moment is people accessing the service. Yeah, I, I do believe that there's uh, up to two and a half years waiting list for yourself and others indeed. Such is the length of the uh, of the waiting list for you and from a private point of view and I know somebody from a public point of view that you worked very closely with recently in the last couple of years and um, they've, they've, they've had a remarkable change of life with the medication that you put them on. Yeah, that's the frustrating part I suppose is that you know we do know we have these treatments available for patients um, and when patients can access the service it has um, major benefits to them. Um, it's just trying to trying to get into the service is the challenge I'm afraid. All right, now the website we're talking about is www.hpos.study, S-T-U-D-Y. Um, I've got four texts in already, so I have uh, Trevor looking for that number uh, or that, uh, that address. So maybe maybe we'll get a hundred or so out of this interview, and wouldn't that be great? So www.hpos.study uh, from there. And again, when do you reckon will the research be finished? Will it be three, four, five years? Um, I would, yeah, by the time, the recruitment phase is over a three-year period, um, so they'll gather the data over that time. So we would hope to have some, I, I suppose they would hope to have some more formal results in, in around between three and five years, I would have thought. Professor Trevor Markham, thank you for joining us today. If you are driving today and you cannot take down that uh, address, uh, you can call Siobhan here right through until six o'clock this evening and we leave it in reception. So if you have anybody that has psoriasis that has not been diagnosed with arthritis and they want to take part in the study, uh, www.hpos.study. And what you can do is go along to that address and just sign up for it and get involved in it. You must be over 18 years of age. But if you're listening to us abroad or you're listening to us on the phone and you're driving and you can't write it down, what you have to do is call us here 091 77077. I will leave you in reception until 6 o'clock this evening and tomorrow and to be there for you. Thank you indeed for joining us, uh, Professor uh, Trevor Markham. Now let's take a short commercial break. And we're looking at a leap year next. So tomorrow is the 29th. So if you're out there today, you could perhaps propose to your better half or your worse half, whatever way you want to go about it. Stay tuned for that and more to come between now and midday. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. We're with you right through until 12 midday. Tomorrow is the 29th of February and it's a leap year. And we're joined by Dr. Caroline West, who's a relationships expert with Bumble Ireland. And she joins me on the line. And uh, thank you indeed, Dr. West, for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. And uh, tomorrow, is it all about proposing um, tomorrow or is that old fashioned, can I ask you? It's a bit of both. It's it's old fashioned and people are still proposing. So it, it's nice to see. But I think it's important to understand the history of it as well. So this tradition goes back to the 5th century in Ireland, which is very, very old fashioned. When St. Bridget was moaning to St. Patrick about, oh, it's terrible that women can't. Um, propose and they have to sit around waiting for their man to do it and St. Patrick went 
Well, okay, I'll grant you the permission to propose every seven years and she bargained them down to every four years. <laughs> um, so then, you know, it, it just became um, a part of our culture that women had to wait every four years. And actually then it kind of spread through Western Europe and in Scotland, they made it law that a man had to say yes if a woman proposed on leap year or else he had to pay a fine. And so very, very embedded in our culture. And is it still in law in Scotland? I haven't checked that. Maybe that's one for the repeal books and the efforts to, yeah. to look back at the laws. Yeah, but you don't have to say yes if your woman proposes tomorrow. It's okay. But again, it's it's courage, isn't yeah. it, really and truly? And um, mm-hmm. again, you know, there's, there's relationships there. And if the, um, the, part, the female partner wants to propose tomorrow, tomorrow's the day to do it. But is it kind of old-fashioned, though, that they can't do it any other day of the year? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's it's really great that we've moved on um, from when women can propose and you can propose anytime, you know, that's, that's fantastic. But it, it kind of harkens back to how women just didn't have any agency in Ireland. You know, you kind of had to wait for a man to propose. And if you were too forward, you were viewed as too needy or too desperate or something was wrong with you or something like that. And now it's just a, a matter of equality. You know, if you want to get married, you can ask someone to get married, which is what I did I asked my husband um, about getting married so I didn't want to wait around for someone else to ask you know and also the thought of a public proposal is a nightmare to me that that would be my absolute worst nightmare but I think it, it's really important to you know refocus on if you're thinking about proposing to think about the equality in a relationship if you feel that you'd be judged for proposing well then maybe the equality isn't quite where you'd like it to be in the relationship. So that, that would be a bit of a red flag. But is it fair to say, Dr. Caroline West, though, that you can, if you if, if there's love there and you, you feel this magic in the relationship and you feel that you're getting on and you've been going out together for whatever length of time it is and you respect each other and all that goes with it, that on a Saturday afternoon you could say, what do you think about getting married? Or on a Sunday afternoon yeah. or a Monday afternoon. It doesn't have to be the 29th of February. No, absolutely not. And this is part of what Bumble have seen as a timeline decline where people, especially women, um, have rejected all these, you know, shoulds. We should have a big proposal. We should wait till the 29th of January. You know, we should be this, that and the other. And thankfully, people are saying, no, I'm going to do it my way. So if you want to be in bed and have a casual conversation about it or if you want to make a big hurrah and go to Paris or something you you have that choice to do whatever you want so it's not necessarily about you know oh I have to have the best proposal and stuff it's you know do you actually want this what are your ideas of marriage because maybe one of you thinks oh when we get married the woman's giving up her job and having 10 kids and that's obviously a conversation that you need to have before you get legally tied uh, to each other so you know it, it, it's a conversation that you need to have rather than just springing on someone and asking them to think about marriage right now in that second so conversations about marriage are a very healthy sign in your relationship I suppose social media and influencers and films and movies and uh, all of that um, has kind of upped the ante when it comes to um, weddings and marriages and all of that. I mean, they've gone very high tech now altogether. Um, they were simple, yeah. simple in our time, a long time ago now. Uh, but now it's all high tech and it's now... So that, that puts added pressure and financial pressure on proposing and marriages. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the average cost of a wedding in Ireland was something like 28 grand at least a few years ago. And, you know, that's that's all the bells and whistles. And you don't need all that. And you don't need to impress your, your auntie from the country that you've never seen, you know, before and all this kind of thing. Or you don't even have to invite them. You can do what you want. You can elope if you want, or you can have five people there, or you don't, you don't have to have a sit down dinner. You can go to City Hall and then go straight to your honeymoon. You know, whatever happens to be, there's great freedom in being able to choose, actually, this is what I want. So, like, I, I proposed and then asked my husband to propose back to me. And he did after he got over the shock. And then we went off to Vegas and we had three weddings. So you can do what you want. And that's really great because, you know, it makes for better photos, I think. Um, but also, if you want to do the traditional one with all the bells and whistles, absolutely go for it too. So it's great that we have such choice and there's so many suppliers and everything out there that you know offer different options as well i love what you say dr caroline westwin you know what you want because a lot of the time mm. an awful lot of the time it's um what parents want and aunties want and yes. siblings want mm. and all of that but do what you did just do what you want and don't worry about upsetting anybody outside that or am i wrong there no you're absolutely right i mean the relationship is about the two of you and your marriage is about the two of you. You know, you're in it for the long haul together. So it's about what the two of you want. So if you're uncomfortable being, you know, the center of attention with 200 people, you don't have to do that. You can go and elope or you can have just a couple of close friends. You don't have to have any family there if you don't want to, because, yeah. you know, families are complicated um, sometimes, you know. So I think it's great that, you know, women are really kind of pushing back and saying, I don't have to do this and I don't have to get a dress that's worth five grand or else people would judge me you know we're also taking the cost of living um crisis into account as well because we know that that impacts dating as well but it also impacts the kind of marriage um, or the kind of wedding sorry that you're going to have so it is a conversation about what the marriage looks like not just what the wedding looks like and it's about life after the wedding and after the honeymoon and after the 10 kids are born if that's the case i don't think yeah. there'll ever be a family of 10 kids again but it's life after yeah. the 10 kids have left home. It's about after the 10 kids have got married and there's grandchildren. It really is about mm -hmm. the future. Absolutely, you know, and you might think this is the kind of life that I want to have, you know, do I want to travel, do I want to retire in a different country or, you know, all those different lifestyles and different values. And actually Bumble has found that the emotional intelligence has been such a priority for women now. So it's about how do you solve the arguments? Because there will be arguments, you know, you will have to compromise, mm -hmm. you'll have to get over hurdles. So how do you do that? How do you communicate if sex isn't the way you want? it to be or your lifestyle isn't the way you want it to be so how do you solve that and working together as a team is really key and you know you mentioned before about respect and it's so important because that's that's all something like consent is it's just respect and kindness and you know making sure that the other person is nourished by you and not stressed by you and you know if they're feeling like God, my, you know my partner doesn't hear me I, you know i don't really feel seen or listened to in this relationship then that's going to be a problem. So that communication is really one of the most sought after qualities. And I think people really got into that a lot more after COVID because if you were locked down with someone who's astonishingly good looking, that's great. But if, if they're really annoying and won't take out the bins or they won't cook free or they're lazy or they won't solve an argument, 
that's more important than what they look like. So tomorrow's the magic day then for this, and it is the 29th, but if you want to be old-fashioned and you want to propose to your your partner, you can do so uh, tomorrow, but it doesn't have to be tomorrow. There could be a few fellas frightened around Galway and around Galway BFM tomorrow, I'd say, and somebody could pounce on the door and say, will you marry me? Uh, but it does, marriage, <laughs> really? though, Dr. Caroline West, doesn't work for everyone, and I suppose those listening to us on this uh, Wednesday morning, indeed, will say to themselves, right, it's, it's great that they're talking about love and marriage and all that goes with it, but it doesn't work for everybody. No, it absolutely doesn't. And that's great that we've moved on. I mean, again, if you look back not even that long ago into Irish culture, you know, a man could be called a bachelor, but a woman would be looked at kind of odd if she wasn't married by a certain age. And, you know, if you had children outside of marriage, you could get locked up in a Magdalene laundry or, you know, in a mother and baby home when you had your baby. So, or you could be forced to emigrate because the shame and the stigma of having a child outside marriage was so suffocating mm. and now thankfully we're a lot more free to live how we want so if you want to have a, a polyamorous relationship that's okay too if like again it, we, you know in the 90s it was illegal up to the 90s it was illegal to be gay in Ireland which is mad to think about so you know you can have your queer relationships your your children your no children your blended family stepchildren you know we the, the family and, and relationship that we have now are so different and it's great to see people live in their authentic lives rather than what their mams want for them or you know what their uncles and aunties say to them at, at Christmas time and oh you should be doing this and stuff it's great to see people live in the way they want to live marriage isn't for everyone and you know you don't have to get married to have a successful relationship and there's nothing wrong with you if you never want to get married and it's great that we have that freedom and that choice now Dr. Carling West, yeah. we won't sort it today. All we can do is talk about it uh, today. If they want to get further details, they can go to Bumble and get further details. Absolutely, yeah. You can find out more on Bumble. And, you know, don't forget, even though it's it's Leap the Year Day, you don't have to propose if you don't want to, if you're not ready for it. So, finally, what happens? So, if he's sitting at work and his partner arrives in with a bunch of flowers, balloons, and says... I'm here. Will you marry me? <laughs> oh, it's, it's the, this is why I don't like public proposals because if you want to say no or you're unsure or you're not ready, it gets very awkward very quickly if, if other people are there expecting a yes and a happy ending or if they're filming it, which is, you know, the case nowadays. So this is why conversations about marriage beforehand are really important to make sure it's what both of you want to actually have. So have a thing. And, you know, it, it, does your partner like public stuff? You know, then maybe they might be really shy or they could be neurodivergent and not want to have a whole load of people looking at them and filming such a, a, a private, intimate moment. So... Um, yeah, it could, you know, think about the kind of pressure that you could put on your partner if you're doing something like that in a public place, especially a workplace mm -hmm. when, you know, if it doesn't go to plan, then they have to go back to work and sit there with their colleagues. So, yeah, have a think of if that's really the kind of style that your partner wants and if you're really there yet. So, um, and the only way you're going to know that is through conversations beforehand. Dr. Caroline West, thanks for joining us uh, today. And again, further details can be had from Bumble. And well done on the research uh, with Bumble as well. Thank you for joining us today. Dr. Caroline West, uh, thank you. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. There you go. No break, just me talking to you. 
Anyway, tomorrow in the programme, Central Bank is running a new campaign to help people get the best return on their savings. Landlords, how to reduce your risk and maximise returns. We have Connacht Tribune headlines. We have the Adolescence and Beyond Conference as well. We're looking at Shays Lane. They had a new launch back in uh, November. We have the Slightness Cinema looking at the tour in the uh, dark. Hours to Protect and uh, it's uh, looking at Galway Wind Park and Music Mornings, the talented James McIntyre uh, from Corrafin. That is it for today. John Morley produced. Siobhan took your comments from yours, really, Keith Finnegan. Well, we talk to you tomorrow just after the 9 o'clock news. Enjoy your Wednesday. Mind the weather and talk to you tomorrow.